What up, skateboarders? This episode and every episode is brought to you by All I Need Skateboarding. I just want to give a shout out to everyone who's gone to allineedskate.com and supported the show and supported skateboarding. You guys are awesome. And thank you for the feedback as well. Um, if you haven't checked it out, please do. Our guest today is Courtney Payne Taylor, founder of Grow, and someone I admire. Enjoy. I just love the skating and the scene. Rain, rain, go away. All I need is a skateboard today. Board today. Board today. This is the Shetler Show featuring professional skateboarder, podcaster, and All I Need Skate founder, Anthony Shetler. So everyone was, it was hot. Everyone was doing it. Yeah, they're looking for their dad's fucking metal skateboards in the garage. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. Get on this thing. <laughs> Each episode brings you amazing discussions with interesting people from all walks of life. Kind of when skateboarding clicked for me and you learn some tricks or whatever and you get that appreciation from your peers, you know, the other skaters are like, holy shit, like, yeah, dude, that's rad. Admiration. Yeah, yeah that admiration or the, the affirmation. Real. Recognized real. If I didn't experience those crazy moments in my life, then these great moments would never be as great as they have been. Honestly, like for me, I just loved it. Like I saw those dudes, I saw those videos, and I was like, holy fuck, this is sick. Yeah. This is what I want to do. Where are you right now? I am home. Is that I home? I live in a crazy place. Home's New York? Yes, New York. But I live within a uh, storage facility. Really? It's like a crazy, different little spot. I don't do anything normal, you know? <laughs> Is it a legitimate, like, storage facility? Yeah, they actually own, like, three quarters of the city block. Wow. It's pretty crazy. They've got, like... This is just the inside of the compound. There's like two gates to get in here. And then, and then we have this, like there's an apartment up there. And then I'm down in this little apartment. Whoa, is it one room? Is it like a studio apartment? I guess it'd be a one bedroom. I don't know how good the lighting is in here. So it's got like this place. And so basically I live with a family that I've, used to clean for, and I still clean for them, and their daughter lives up there, but she's completely deaf, so it's like she's not even there, <laughs> and I have a bedroom, and I have a bathroom, so wow. yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, that place is amazing looking. Yeah, it, it's it's super fun. I just don't have a full kitchen, but um, yeah, it's pretty amazing. I have grass and plants, and like it's rare to have a garden in New York. Yeah, whereabouts in New York are you? Um, in Brooklyn, by the Navy Yard. Oh, sick. So, about a five-minute skate from the Brooklyn and Manhattan Bridges. Awesome. Well, cool. That place looks sick, and I really like the skylight. Yeah, it's uh, my only window in the whole place, so it's uh, important to have. <laughs> All right. You ready to do this? As ready as I'll ever be. All right. I want to start out with, like, why skateboarding? Why do you think you got into skateboarding and not other sports? And what drew you to skateboarding specifically? 
uh, I didn't try to get into skateboarding. I had no interest in skateboarding. Um, growing up, I did. I think I played on basketball team for one year, and we lost almost every game. <laughs> and I did cheerleading for a while, and I did marching band and theater. Um, but I just wasn't really into the whole practice and competition kind of mentality of most traditional sports. So I like, I like to swim, but I didn't want to be on the swimming team. Um, I did try skateboarding once when I was in high school. My little brother at the time was seven years younger than me, and he had a skateboard. See. And I remember one day when nobody was home, I went, got the skateboard out of the garage, and put it on the ground. I thought it was flat, and I got on it, and it started to roll, and I freaked out and fell back, laid on both my wrists, put it away, and never spoke of it again. <laughs> Um, and yeah, like I, I really, before I started skating, I never thought about skating. I mean, it was something some of the little boys in the neighborhood did, but it was definitely nothing I was interested in. I had no idea that there was like Thrasher magazine. I didn't know that there were professional skateboarders, uh, you know, it never really crossed my mind. So after, but, so after the slam, what, what made you want to keep doing it? Well, nothing. I didn't do it for uh, another eight years. Damn. Um, the reason I got back into it was complete chance. I was a student at the Kelly School of Business, and it's a it's a really kind of cutthroat business school. So in the summer, everybody does something. You either have an internship, you do summer school, or you go abroad. So I'd signed up for summer school, but I remember I was at work one day and just thinking, like, this I think this was the summer before my senior year. I was thinking, you know, the rest of my life, I'm never going to have a summer off. And so right then and there, I just called and withdrew from all my classes. Damn. But then I was like, uh-oh, well, I don't have anything I'm doing this summer. Like, I don't have an internship. Um, it was really too late to get an official internship. So to keep up with my classmates, I had to figure out something to do. Uh, so I decided, okay, well, let me basically come up with a project I'll do, and I'll create that, turn that into an internship through my school. So at the time I was into, it's kind of funny, I guess events too, but at that time it was more music. See. So I was thinking – doing music events and promotion and stuff like that. So I decided it'd be cool to do a music festival for the youth of Bloomington, Indiana, by the youth of Bloomington, Indiana. And I told my stepmom about it, and she said, oh, well, you know, because she worked with city council a lot. So she said, well, there's a skate park opening up, uh, like, in a couple of weeks here in Bloomington. Your little brother is a rollerblader. Yeah, he turned to rollerblading by this point. <laughs> um, Could have been scooting. So yeah, hey, yeah, Scooty wasn't big by that point. At that point, so that's good. Um, but yeah, so she said, you know, basically the, the grand opening is May fifth of two thousand four. Come out, and I'll introduce you to the parks and rec directors because they'll all be there for the grand opening, and that's the people I would need to know to put that on. So, I went out there, um, you know, with business focus. So I had like a khaki skirt and a pink top and some like business flats or something on, and it, I mean, it was just like, it's kind of the random things that bring things to you in life. So before skating, the only physical thing I liked to do was dancing, you know, my college time. So I would literally go to the bars. I would have like one or two drinks. I would dance for five or six hours. That Holy was kind of like my version of going to the gym. Holy shit. Are you pretty good or what? I used to be. Now I don't do it anymore, <laughs> so I get all nervous. Um, but I'm sure it's still in there somewhere. Sick. Uh, I know that one Tampa AM got a little wild, and I think my dancing came out a little <laughs> bit, but uh, but it's a rare sight to see these days, for sure. What kind of dancing are we talking? I'm a slow dancer, because I'm too scared to do the other one. I just like... <laughs> I never... Well, 
growing up, I did since I was like probably five or six. I was in dance classes, so I did tap and clogging and jazz and all these different things. But when I would go out and dance, I would just, I think it's a lot like skating, you know, you just kind of just do what you feel, you know, you let things kind of come to you and dancing, which wouldn't work for skating. You know, I just close my eyes and just, you just move. And that was, that was kind of the beautiful thing about it was it wasn't something to think about. It was just something you felt. Yeah. I like that. But so one night I was at the bar, I was right in front of the stage dancing and there was a guy security for the bar leaning against a 250 pound speaker on this five foot stage. And it, the cord holding it snapped. And that speaker came up the stage and landed first on my thigh. Fuck. And so he freaked out. And needless to say, he never forgot me. But I didn't think about him again. Well, the grand opening day of the skate park, I went and he happened to be the security for parks and rec now. Nice. So he was there and he remembered me and he happened to know Brian Patch, who was the pro for the opening of that park because Brian's from Indiana as well. Hell yeah, Brian Patch is a legend. He is, and he's, you know, he actually has done, he likes to take skaters under his wing. He's taught a lot of young kids in skateboarding, and that's one great thing. And, heck, maybe that kind of wore off on me, too. Like, just somebody that's out there, I mean, he was out there to be demoing. So to take time out of your skating and your, you know, your trip and all that to stop and help somebody else, and somebody you don't even know. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a really great thing. Yeah, that's so, awesome. So, yeah, he introduced me to Brian, and Brian said, do you skate? I said, no. He said, do you want to? I said, sure. See. And, you know, I wasn't even, like, probably dressed for skating, but he just put me on the flat between two quarter pipes, just pulling me back and forth, and, and that was it. I mean, after that, he was only around for a couple of days, but when he left, I remember the deck. He kept his trucks and his wheels, but he gave me his deck. Rad. And you know Brian. He's a big guy. <laughs> <laughs> so he's a first skater. Doesn't he doesn't he skate vert too? Yeah, and that was definitely, I think, his big focus at the time. So, yeah, it was a massive board. <laughs> uh, I think I still have it at home too. But, yeah, I mean, that was it. I ended up not even putting on that music festival that summer. I just skated from the time I got up to the time I went to bed. And ultimately, it ended up being really the best schooling I guess I could have done that summer. It was better than any internship I could have got. Because, um, obviously, where I am now, skateboarding's <laughs> a big part of what I do. So. That's funny. That's typical skater fashion. Like, uh, you get to the spot and you just want to be a part of it. You don't want to throw it anymore. <laughs> You're like, let's just get down and skate. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, just, it really, it, it, you hear people say it all the time that it's a lifestyle. It's not a sport. And, I mean, it really does. It weaves its way into every bit of your life. And it's just, it's something, you know, it's a normal girl. Like I said, I never thought about skating. I would even on that first day, I had no idea how much skateboarding was about to become part of my life. Yeah, that's so cool that Brian was the one that uh, helped you get back on the board. Sick. Yeah, and it worked out too because Brian's brother, Jeff, worked at ProTech at that time. So Sweet. when I did start grow, we were able to have a complete like set of pads and helmets because uh, you know or Jeff donated them for ProTech. So you know everything happens for a reason. Yeah, that's awesome. I love uh I love that you were talking about how he helped you on the board and kind of held your hands. Like I teach skateboard lessons on the weekends and I have like I think they're anywhere from 6 and up because I think that's the minimum age. So 6 years old and up and they need like they've never even been on a board. And that's my favorite cuz I'm like I just start thinking I'm like, okay, 
what would I want? Like, how would I want someone to help me? And then I like do the same thing. I try to hold their hand, show them their center of balance, get them comfortable. Like, I feel like that's awesome that someone would take their time to actually do that. Because most people are don't stop and just they just go. Like, I see people at the skate park. They want to skate super bad and they might not know how, but everyone else, no one stops to talk to them and they're just like intimidated in the corner, you know? Yeah, it's it's very common for sure. Guys and girls both do that. Yeah, yeah, skaters in general, yeah. Yeah, it's like, yeah, in the beginning when somebody's learning, I mean, obviously when someone's trying to, you know, learn to make twists, you're not going to be holding their hands. No. <laughs> uh, but, but in those first stages, um, you know, kids, it's so easy for them with just a couple failures that they decide, oh, I suck at skateboarding, I can never do it. So if in those be- those basics, if you can keep them from falling till they get like a couple little successes, yeah, then that can really help inspire them to keep going and not just stop the first time they fall. Yeah, absolutely. That's another thing that I'll try to do as well is like if they do fall, I try to like walk them through it without making it seem like it's dramatic, you know, because I-, I realize a lot of it is just the tone of how you come at them because they're, they're hurt and they're trying to figure it out. Like it could just be a shinner, nothing major, but it's their first time. So what I do is I have them sit up, and I have them, like, put their feet out in front. I have them touch their toes, and then I see if they can lift their arms above their head. And then by then I have them standing up, and they forgot that they got the shinner, and then we're back to the, the riding again. <laughs> yeah, that's that is really what it's all about. It's, you know, I, breathing is one thing I always suggest to them. But it's just can you get them distracted enough from the injury yeah. to get back on? Because it is. It's, it's just a lot of fear when you fall the pain I think is a lot more in your mind yeah. and uh, maybe to your, uh, your, like how people think are viewing you. It tends to not be that big of a physical setback, more of a mental setback. Yeah. Yeah. They freak out a little bit just cause it's like, especially where I teach is at a skate park and there's a lot of people. So like sometimes it's just embarrassment cause they don't know how to handle this situation. But I realize as like someone who's teaching them like just to be chill and help them make it feel normal. You know, I'm like, everyone falls, even the pros. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was actually at LES doing a one-on-one lesson with a, a girl, Chloe, here in New York. I think she's eight. And I was explaining that to her. She had, like, just this tiny little cut from falling. And I said, no, Chloe, all skaters fall. And it, most of us have some sort of injury. And I turned around just looking for a skater that had an injury I could show. I turned right behind us. There's this guy that's just got, like, ankle to knee on both legs, just complete scraped up. I'm like, <laughs> see right there, Chloe? Where'd you get that from? He's like, you're skateboarding. <laughs> exactly. So it's, it doesn't have to be something you're ashamed of. All the If you're not falling, you're probably not progressing. Yeah. And if anyone ever watched X Games or any of the contests on TV, skaters fall. The very best skaters fall all the time. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, I'm going to switch it up a little because I lost track of where we were going. But okay. I want to... I want to let the people know about your organization. How did that start? Where did the name come from? And just what was this plant in the seed and how did that grow? Well, it started off, um, well, before I started skating, I was very, very, very depressed. Um, and skateboarding was literally the best thing that ever happened to me. It was, it wasn't therapist or medication that took me out of my depression. It was skateboarding. Yeah. It was literally the, just the best thing in my life. So being at the skate parks, especially in the Midwest, I mean, there was, I never saw girls on board. If there were girls there, they were just sitting, watching the guys outside of the park. Yeah. And even as I started traveling to other skate parks around the Midwest, there still weren't any girls. So it it was just very confusing to me how something could be so amazing to me 
but it'd be like chocolate cake. Like I love chocolate cake. No girls are eating chocolate cake. What's going on here? It was for me. It's like, what, what's the issue? What's the reason that girls aren't involved? Um, and let me change that because if it was someone gave it to me and it changed my life. So let me figure out how I can give it to a lot more girls. And so that was kind of the idea of where it came from. Um, and I was in the Kelly School of Business at the time, one year from graduation, so it couldn't have been, you know, a more perfect situation. Uh, you know, just getting ready to go out there. And I last thing I wanted to do was go work for a company or work for the corp, you know, corporation. So, you know, I kind of just decided that this would be my purpose, and I was going to start this company, and I wanted to be a nonprofit because it was really something I wanted to be able to give away to people. And I did the forms with my, my dad's an attorney. He helped me do the forms to start a nonprofit. And when I, I graduated May of 2006 and we became an official nonprofit June of 2006. And yeah, I, I sold a house, bought a van. Jeff sent me those protect pads. And I think I bought like five or six boards. Wow. And just charted, you know, mainly around the inner, the main interstates, just charted a circle around the country and started doing these workshops. It was, it was kind of wild, and I think a lot of it grew so fast too, because I got conned into going to a meeting with Etnies, uh, with Wicked, with Bam Bam from Wicked Wahini. We we're supposed to talk about Wicked Wahini. Uh, this is when it was still in the idea phase, but Bam Bam kind of got nervous when Mark Waters came into the room. He's kind of a presence, so he came in, and Bam Bam was like, switched it over to me, like put spotlight on me, like, oh, Courtney's doing this thing. Sick. Uh, <laughs> And so we got a lot of support from the beginning, uh, which really helped us just take off. As for the name, um, that's kind of, I can't really say that I completely remember. I know at the time, um, you know, early on when I started just kind of researching, I'd go to a lot of the contests. And I'm sure you remember Pro Writers Organization. Yep. Going on about that, kind of was really launching about 2006. So uh, that might have had an influence on it, but... It was, it was about girls, and it was about skate. I mean, I, it just kind of flowed. And then GROW is just such a perfect acronym. I mean, I don't know how many times girls are talking about their skateboarding or ways they want to change the world or the growth of skateboarding. That word GROW just always comes up. So, I mean, it's just it's a beautiful word. And, uh, yeah, it's, I'm, I'm stoked that, that we picked that name because it's, uh, it's really – we're glad to have it moving forward. Yeah, it's it's really awesome. It adds like a depth to it that might not have been there, which is awesome. Um, I wanted to ask you, where do you get your drive from? My, the universe, skateboarding. <laughs> um, the, all the you know, just every single girl that I work with, and all their parents, and the impact that it makes. Like when I get worn down, and, I mean, because I have still have yet to be paid we're hoping to change that this year and really start developing a full-time staff so that we can start doing more yeah uh, but yeah i mean there's like there are lots of times that it that it got really hard but I mean, all you got to do is get back on your board and feel that for a moment yeah and i mean it, like i said it saved my life i really believe that i'm on a i'm just a vessel for on a mission from kind of whatever that higher purpose is out there the universe and the skateboarding gives me all of the energy that I need and the little girls give me all the strength to keep going yeah that's awesome that's so cool I ask I ask because I know like for me um I dealt with like hardship like broken family stuff at as a young age and like that 
I don't know if it's a gift or a curse, but for whatever reason, I like I I was telling you yesterday that I lost my father when I was about 13. And that like scared me and at a young age and made me realize the frailty and the time, the clock, you know, it's ticking like at 13 and that's what kind of like drives me I, for good or bad, you know? So I wonder, I always find people that are doing awesome things and I'm just like, how, why are they doing it? Because there's so many people that don't think of other people and they're just doing whatever kind of single serving, self-serving stuff and like, which isn't bad, but I like seeing outliers. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely get what you're saying. I guess I'm just to the point um, being 10 years into it and have having the gift of being able to grow up, you know, we start to just focus on the good stuff. So when you ask that question, I mean, definitely what I see now is that. Yeah. Um, but I think if you go, what's the background of that? What's that? I mean, my depression came from a lot of dark stuff. You know, I had, I've had alcoholism in my family that resulted in a lot of, uh, kind of verbal abuse kind of in a lot of situations. And I had, multiple people from when I was five through 10 years old, uh, that as a young girl, I was having, you know, adults having sexual relations with me. Yeah. Uh, so really those things, you know, then I just kind of shut them out. Once those times ended, it kind of just, I blocked it out. Uh, but when I started hitting my teen years, all of it came up and I mean, it created an insane depression. I don't, I didn't speak up about what happened to me as a child until I was almost 18 or 18 years old. Wow. Wow. That'll 10 years of not speaking up for myself. Yeah. That'll, that, that's kind of similar. Like I dealt with loss, but that was like, you dealt with loss too. Someone was taking something or violating like that's, that would, I had depression as well. Like I've, I still battle it, (laughs) but not like, it's not that bad, but like there's days I'm like, oh, but not nearly as bad as it used to be. Yeah. It's, um, it's one of those things. I mean, and that's, that's the thing about giving it, paying it forward to other people is a lot of times, like in that situation, I felt alone, you know? Yeah. But really, most people in this world have some story either like that or, you know, in a, in a different way, but similar. We all face these challenges in life and we all have hardships of different kinds. So, I mean, I guess when I say I want to give girls that joy, I also want to give them the strength to stand up for themselves. If something's happening, uh, that they have the courage to speak up if it's happened or maybe enough strength to even say, Hey, no, I'm better than this. Don't do this to me. Yeah. You know, stop it before it comes. I mean, the more we can strengthen our kids, the more we can help prevent these issues from ever having to impact their lives. And so I think that's definitely kind of a behind the scenes, you know, it's never been something I've, you know, put out on our website, but it's definitely something that fuels me. You know, I tell girls, let me get you skateboarding, but ultimately we want to help them find that strength. Do you, and then, um, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Okay. Um, if you don't mind asking, how old are you? I am 30, almost 34. I'll be 34 next month. We're the same age. Hey. <laughs> Sick. <laughs> so coming up real soon here. Well, that's perfect. Cause I was going to say like a lot of young people, especially like in the inner cities and stuff, they need to see like a functioning adult that has a passion and that's happy and working hard and like driven. Uh, Sometimes if they just see that they're inspired, it just rubs off. So it's so cool. You're doing all this. Uh, I 
people always tell me, thank you. Oh my gosh, you've made this impact on my life. And it's so weird for me to hear because I just feel spoiled that I'm doing what I do, you know? So it's like, what are you thanking me for? Like I, I have the most wonderful life. I love what I do. Like it feels so weird when people thank me for doing something that I love. It's, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy when, um, especially when you experience like hardship at a young age and, uh, it's crazy the range of emotions you can have from that because there's su- such depth, like lows and highs, you know? Like, I've realized that as I'm getting older. I'm like, whoa, like, I'm so over the all over the map with my emotions. And I realize that's from, you know, loss or things that happen. And just like, you know, you got we got to learn to, like, control that as we get older. Do you have any coping mechanisms besides skateboarding? Have you ever been to, like, a, um, like a counselor or anything like that? I, I went once. Um, I did when I first, uh, I hit my depression really hit when I was maybe 15, 16. And I started going to the counselor. Um, they helped me to first voice what happened to me as a kid to my parents. Yep. But I don't, I don't feel like I got any help from them and I definitely don't see them anymore. Uh, you know, I think I mean, like skateboarding is my life and grow is my life. So I, now I don't feel that I really need any more coping mechanisms. If I feel like I'm going, slipping into a bad state, all I need to do is remember what my focus is. And as soon as I get back in that, everything gets better. Yeah. You know, I think our minds sometimes, if we let our minds not think too long, they can start coming up with their own ideas. And we just, you know, refocus on, on our passion in life and what it's about and, you know, kind of find that again. Yeah. You can refine your passion on a daily basis. You have to. That's that's how you grow. Like you have to destroy your ego and destroy yourself daily. Like not in a negative way, but you have to like allow yourself to be open daily for new stuff and to grow and take it in and process it. It's so easy to get stuck in the same mentality and the same thought patterns and around the same people. It takes hard work to like not do that, you know, to to be free and be open and be not judgmental. It's super hard. It's so much work. <laughs> but we all have to do that. <laughs> we learn our entire lives. I'm pretty sure even, you know, the oldest people that are alive, I think every day we all learn something new. It never ends. Yeah, I used to, when I, I mean, I still say it. I always say I can't wait till I'm old. I feel like I should be old. Like, I always liked old people because I don't know. They seem so content. They know who they are. Like, not all of them, but the majority. I'm like, I don't know. They seem like they're chilling. I like that. <laughs> older you get the less you worry about stuff that didn't need to be worried about in the first place that's that's what i like with the old people sitting on the rocking chairs like that kind of stereotype they're so happy because they just quit worrying about all this stuff and life just seems to get way easier when you do that yeah i i think the fast the way to to perpetuate the way to perpetuate that change or to propel that change is to like understand who you are what you really need what really what you can do without like figure out strip it all down to your bare needs and like once you can figure that out then you can build off that because you can make a foundation from there you know if you find out what your needs are to be happy and to survive you can build up from there and i think uh you know that's a good place to start and that's where you start to grow (laughs) um okay we're gonna switch it up a little bit um a little lighter subjects (laughs) all right you said you weren't into sports Although basketball is pretty fun, not going to lie. Were you pretty good? No, our team lost all but one game, I think. Oh, that's what you're saying. That's right. <laughs> was, was it your fault? But like I said, it, <laughs> no, we 
were, I think our whole team was just terrible. But it was just, like I said, I just didn't, I didn't love it. All those things, I didn't love it. Cheerleading was kind of fun until I got into high school. And then it got cheerleading. And I, you know, I quit that. Um, I don't know. Again, it was, I liked the, I liked the freedom to create. Like I'm a creative person and I, I don't like to do anything the normal way. And like team sports and all that stuff is just like, there's one way and this is how you do it. And everyone has to be the same. And I, I think that's part of what turned me off. I don't, I don't think everyone should be the same. Yeah. We all have our, our things. And if we're, if we're limited by our activities and what we can do, then how are we ever supposed to grow and evolve you know, as an individual or as a world? Yeah. I like that. <laughs> were you good at, were you good in school? Did you get good grades? Oh yeah. I was, I was really good in school. Sick. I didn't even try very hard and I had really close to 4.0 in both, uh, you know, elementary, middle school, and college. I'm so jealous of you. <laughs> I like school. I love that stuff. And um, that's why now at our phase and grow, where the girls are taking over more of the skate and the fun stuff, I'm finally getting to kind of settle back and start looking at the business stuff. And I love business. I mean, business is, it's really everything um, in life is really a business, no matter what it is that you do. And for me, business is just the tools to create and make and serve people. Beautiful. I like the way you said that. I like business as well. Yeah, regardless of whether people think they're involved in business or not, they are. And that's, I mean, that's kind of why initially I decided to go to school for business was I didn't know what I wanted to do, but everything is business. So no matter what the topic I would later decide, you know, business would be at the core of it. So. Yeah, that's cool. And you were just, you think you're just naturally good at school? <laughs> you just paid attention. <laughs> I mean, my family is definitely on uh, my dad's side. Everybody is a doctor, a lawyer, an entrepreneur. Wow. So I, mean, I think it probably comes comes like that. But, you know, again, it's, I think it's anything you can maintain an interest in. If you can get somebody interested in school, then they can do well at school. Um, but sometimes that can be the challenge. How do you get a kid engaged in it if it's just boring topics and tests and stuff? You know, it's just how do we – you have to find a way to make something interesting for a kid, and then they'll get super into it, and then they're like a sponge. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, sorry, we're moving along. Cross that one off. How's NYC living in there? Do you go out and just do you have a car or anything, or do you just lurk out into the city? No, that I think that's part of why I moved to New York because after living in a van for six plus years, wow, it's <laughs> really kind of happy to not go to gas stations and not do oil changes and not do vehicle repairs and all those things. I really kind of liked the, you just need your skateboard and your Metro card depending on how far you're going. And, and that's it. And that's one of the things I love about it. But hopefully we're going to be getting the, the last grow van, some, uh, some cleaning and healing at the, at the van doctor mm-hmm. and bring it to New York uh, by the end of this year. So that'll be exciting. Do you have a logo on the van? Well, we had it wrapped, but it was wrapped in 2009, maybe. And so it's the wrap is very faded. Uh, it was the last the year the Etnies couldn't really afford to sponsor us like they did because the economy and everything just had really bottomed out. Uh, they they paid us some money for to just help with the tour in order to wrap the van. So it's actually Lauren Perkins, 
I believe, doing a heel flip at Woodward. What? So what? It's on this side. That's sick. Lauren shreds. Yeah, it's, it's cool. And this is like a, it's again weird to think, but grow. We've actually had a lot of first evers. And so, yeah, she was the first female skateboarder ever put on the side of a vehicle. Wow, that's so cool. <laughs> there are still, but it, it's, it's got to be replaced now. It's just too faded. Do you, okay, switching it up completely. Um, do you have any uh, books that you're reading? Oh, actually, I just started reading books again recently. Um, I never really had time. I would do. What do we got? A plane? Was that a plane going uh, by? No, it's it's New York. They're ghetto coppers. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so, I used to read a lot when I was younger. But then older, I just didn't have a lot of time. So I would do a lot of books on tape. Sick. Um, a lot. I would do th- a lot of business stuff. Just basically ways ways to better serve through our business. Um, but uh, there's a funny story. The other day, just yesterday, I was skateboarding down the street, and this guy's like, "Oh, I want. Oh man, can I can I take a picture of you and Instagram it?" I'm like, "All right." <laughs> and so he took the picture, and he gives me here's my handle. Like, I'm not gonna look you up, but he just happened to be like, "Oh wait, let me give you this book," because he he asked about like what grow was and everything on my shirt and stuff, and he, I, I told him it's about girls and work with girls, and he had literally just bought this book called untangled guiding teenage girls through the seven transitions into adulthood so it's like, like crazy randomness he's like no you need this book more than me and he gave me that so so i'm reading it but yeah new york's good for that too when you're on the subways there's not a lot to do so sometimes uh it's that's a good way to kind of get the books read so that's what i'm doing but um books in in life i think i still know my absolute favorite books uh, is the way the peaceful Jer- way the peaceful warrior and the sacred journey of the peaceful warrior by Dan Millman. Wow, sick! What kind of book is that? It's a sto- It's the story of Dan Millman, and he starts off as a college kid who's a, gym- a gymnast, wants to go to the Olympics, and he ends up uh, like breaking his leg or a really bad injury, and he meets this old man Socrates in the first book, who's a gas station attendant. And in the first meeting with him, Socrates is standing by the pump, and then Dan turns around and looks back, and then Socrates is on the roof of the gas station. So it's like kind of this crazy, like, magic man. Um, and he ends up becoming a mentor for, for Dan. And then the second book, which really impacted me even more, Dan travels to an island to meet a second teacher. That's Mama Chia. Um, and it's uh, they're just amazing. In fact, I, I keep a a journal of things that I've read out of books that have just, you know, those things when you read it, it just kind of stops you. Yeah. And it's, it's, there's a lot of that in there. And again, it's weird you ask, cause I just got that out the other day as well. And I think I sat in bed and read my journal of things that I've read in the past uh, for like two or three hours and just. Wow. It's tears. I mean, it's, it's, it's powerful stuff. I highly recommend those books. They would, uh, they would definitely appeal to anybody you know, probably be interested in listening to these podcasts. That's cool. Um, wait, so you have a journal that has like quotes or just like the names of the books you've read, so you can just go to your journal and kind of relive it. The specific sentence is paragraphs that just hit me. What? That's so cool. What made you think to do that? Oh, when I was young, I've always been um, like scrapbooking and you know all that kind of stuff. So I think once I, as you start to get in that older phases in life, somewhere in your teens, you 
I think you really start to appreciate those things that make you open your eyes a little more as you're coming into your adulthood. Yeah. Yeah. So it started then. It's like one of those just kind of probably 300 page journals and it's almost completely full. And if I figure out how to, uh, you know, because people wrote it, so I'd have to give the right people credit. But if I could figure out how to make sure everyone was legally credited, I would love to, you know, be able to put that book out for other people to read too. Damn, that's so cool. What What about movies? Do you have uh, any favorite movies? Right now, my favorite movie is uh, The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. What? That one's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, again, just about people believing that they're in this boring life and like their imagination is their coolest thing in the area around. And once they get engaged in life and start exploring, they, they become all the things in their real life that they, you know, best would have imagined themselves to be. And they're just being engaged in the moment and just taking life and exploring life and not just sitting in an office, but just go out there and do it. Even if it doesn't make sense, even if it seems weird or scary, like I think that's how, that's how we should live life. When you can settle down later and, you know, kids at five probably shouldn't be wandering the world. But there's that time in your life that I think everyone should go out there and explore and, you know, really see what's out there. Yeah, that kind of leads back to what I was saying before about how you got to know yourself. So you got to test yourself. You got to see, you got to explore and, and meet new people so you can test yourself and find out what you do and don't like. And then you'll know yourself better. You know, and that, that'll make it less scary. You'll know what you can handle, you know? Yeah, and you get to experiment, too. Like, uh, when I, f- I first wanted to be a vet, and I when I was, like, 12, I started work 13. I started working at the vet. Sick. And I really got to kind of see what it was like. I was like, well, I really love the animals, but these vets work as hard as doctors. So, like, they don't really get to spend time with their family. Um, you know, their lives are really fun and they don't make as much money as doctors. So although I love the idea that I love animals, by going and trying that when I was young, I was able to decide, okay, maybe this isn't my career. You can't assume, especially when you're young, getting out of high school or going to college, that you're going to know what your career is going to be. You you have to be open-minded. I'm going to be this when I'm older. Well, you might be, you might be right, but (laughs) try it out early. And if that doesn't work, there's a million other things to find. Yeah, yeah, totally. I I started skating when I was 13, and then I was so fixated on skateboarding that, like, I just didn't take no for an answer, and I put everything second second best to skateboarding that, like, it took me all over the world, and I got sponsored in, like, so much skateboarding. It was so cool. Like, I didn't even think about a career or anything like that. I was just like, I'm going on these trips. Like, these people are providing for me to to live, and I'm just skating. And I did... School for me was, like... I did good when I would try, you know, but like a lot of times I just, like you said, I had depression. So I, um, I would go to school with my head down. I just didn't even want to deal, you know, like I just wanted to relax and like didn't want someone to say something that would just bum me out because I was already bummed out. So like, I didn't even think of school as like an option, you know, which is kind of crazy. Most people like, or I assume a lot of people have like someone being like, let's, you're going to go to college. I didn't even really think about that. I was like, college? <laughs> Once I saw skateboarding, it was, like, awesome, you know? I, again, when, you know, when you're depressed, and I mean, it doesn't even just have to be depression, but I think it sometimes it takes having finding that purpose, like a meaning for life. Why am I here? Why am I going to try to get good grades in school? Like, what's the purpose behind that? Yeah. Um, 
thinking, when I hit my depression, I was just lucky enough that I was almost out of school. So I, you know, high school. So I was able to kind of glide out of that years off before I started going to college too. So I had that time to find myself and, you know, kind of start to find my purpose before, you know, I went back into it. It definitely, it matters, it matters a lot. What about music? Are you, what are you into for music? Uh, I stopped really, when I was young, I was into music tons. Like I had like a vinyl collection of over a thousand records. Holy shit. But once I, I know it's my fault. I, they're all gone now, except for my Pink Floyd collection. They're still there. <laughs> um, I think like, again, once, once skateboarding and grill found me, that kind of just took over my life. And obviously living in the van, you know, because this was before like everything was MP3 and stuff. <laughs> yeah, I just stopped. I stopped giving my time to music. So now my music collection is really little. I'm down to listen to anything that's going on. Um, I love music. Period. My iPod, the few songs I have, and I won't even like list people because some of them they're pretty, some of them are kind of corny. But what matters <laughs> to me is music. The Backstreet Boys. Backstreet Boys. No, not, no Backstreet Boys. <laughs> lyrics that like okay here's one absolutely ridiculous one there's only one of her song on it but Miley Cyrus the, the song The Climb and the song I'm not saying the song is like the best thing but the words of the song that's what that's what's important to me about music is like and especially you know we keep going back to when we have troubled times what can pull us out so all the things that my songs are you know about finding the best time of your life like it's, it's it's those it's those words that keep me going and just keep reminding me. But they all have that theme. If you listen to the words about, I guess, kind of building and growing and finding that, you know, that greatness inside of you. Yeah, I like that. I love music. I'm obsessive compulsive with music, or I was like much like you. I was like that before. Now I kind of chilled out a lot. But it's like chapters of your life because you can go back to those albums, especially you know you had all of them on vinyl. You go back to those songs and they take you back to that time when you were that age, you know? It's like time traveling a little bit. That's crazy. Oh, yeah. In the goofy songs from the goofy times of your life, you'd listen and like, oh my God, really? <laughs> this is what you listening to? In like five years, you're going to be like, Miley Cyrus? What was I doing? Something <laughs> that will, will stay with you forever. There's definitely some songs that no matter how long it's been, you'll always love. You should check out Florence and the Machine if you haven't already. Check out what? Florence in the Machine. I haven't. I will have to check it out. Dude, it's so good. That's one that I put on, and like, it's really good. You just gotta bump it loud so you can really hear the, all the intricacies. And her voice is so powerful and strong. Like, um, the lead singer, she's like, I don't know, it's really beautiful. Check it out, please. Well, for sure. Awesome. All right, let me go through my list so I don't miss anything. Do you have any pets now? I have one cat back in Indiana. Um, she's <laughs> 18 years old now, but she's always loved the outdoors, and she's used to being on such acreage that I didn't feel comfortable bringing her here. Um, so she's still happy in Indiana. Uh, I live kind of a connected apartment to the family, and so they have cats, and one of their cats has adopted me as their favorite human. What's the, cat's, I, what's the cat's name? Um the cat here, they call him Slater, but I call him Shadow Cat because he literally follows me around like a dog. He's like my little shadow. He decided you're his bestie? 
he decided I'm his bestie. I brought, they didn't ever have catnip before I came into the house. Oh, shit. Now there's there's like, you know, cat treats and little mice. And like I said, they, the family kept them inside only. Yeah. Uh, But because we have our own little yard and stuff, I started taking him out. And now it's rare to get him inside. He just absolutely loves it. I mean, he's two years old. He was actually born here in the storage facilities. Wow. The storage units. And so the family adopted him. Uh, but, yeah, he's – and all the clients here, they're like, oh, is this your cat? This is the best cat ever. Like, yeah, he, he's a sweetie. Is he declawed or can he just still get at you? Oh, he's not declawed, but I, he's never clawed me. Oh, uh, <laughs> you're not playing rough enough with him. <laughs> yeah, he's – they're just they're such little babies all he knows is just him and his sister uh but yeah i i love animals right but like i said it's all it all comes back to right now my life is focused on growth so i can't have an animal of my own because i can't give them the time because my time is taken okay so i remember you texted me earlier like oh my throat because i was yelling at what what were you at what were you doing well we had so grow turned 10 uh this last week and so we had just back to back. To, we had four events back to back. Friday night, uh, Roughneck Hardware just did a collab with Grow. Whoa, so sick! Really, yeah, Johnny flew out to New York, so we had that party Friday night from nine. I was supposed to leave at eleven, but that didn't happen. Mm-hmm. And then the next morning, I had to load in, like leave to load into House of Vans at ten a.m., and that ran from noon to six. Mm-hmm. And then I went home. I had to wash. The girls gave me a champagne shower. And to go home, I didn't even take a shower. I washed my face. I rinsed off my hair, changed the shirt, dropped off the stuff. And then we had another event at uh, Black Bear Bar, which is a cool little bar in, in Brooklyn that actually has a ramp in the bar. Right. I had to get there from 8, so I was there 8 till maybe midnight. And then I had a, our homage is another indoor spot here. They have a TF, and they allow us to use their facility twice a month. I see that on Instagram, um, Homage, a skate shop, and I see I've seen some uh, some flyers and stuff of your event. It looks so cool. That shop's really rad. I've been there before. Yeah, they're they're great people, and they actually I guess like they gave me keys, and I think they wanted me to kind of step up and kind of take over like watching over that place for them because Michelle and Jose have moved out to L.A. Sick. and they're opening a Homage, and they're doing a TF in L.A. as well. Wow. But. Yeah, like, I mean, in New York, with our weather, rain, sun, shine, snow, without their help, we wouldn't be able to guarantee running events for the girls year-round. So, I mean, and yeah, it's, it's a, one of the beautiful things, too, is, like, we've got a girl that's getting ready to move for college to go to St. Louis, and she's like, oh, there's an indoor park there called Ramp Riders. I'm like, yeah, I, I know the owners of Ramp Riders. They're great, and they're, you know, that I know that park will be down to help. And a lot of our girls are able to continue doing what they're doing because of the incredible support from all of the skate park owners and the skate shop owners all around the country. I mean, it's such a beautiful thing that yeah. they ha- they love what we're doing and they don't just give us props. They give a, you know, they help empower us to continue doing what we're doing. Yeah. The skate community, that's such a beautiful thing about skateboarding is that everyone recognizes that we all relish in it and love it. It's our passion. So it's like, like Kevin, do you know Kevin Marks at all? I'd have to see his face. The name doesn't ring a bell. Okay, well, look up the Look Back Library because he, cause he's, cause he's, he's driving now, stopping at all these skate shops and building, like, magazine libraries. He brings his collection of classic magazines and, like, he left one at the local skate park near me 10 minutes away. Um, He left a bunch of magazines and built us a little um, shelving, and it's sick. And 
you should check that out. It's similar to like what you were doing before at the grassroots level, like driving around and just making it happen. Yeah, it's about raising awareness for sure. Um, yeah, so yeah, four back-to-back events. I was absolutely dead. I never do that many events back-to-back-to-back. Were you but yelling? Just... Were you cheering people on? Is that how you lost your voice? No. Um, luckily, because I mean, that was a beautiful thing about House of Vans for being so being me and you know, doing and activating pretty much every event, even if I had volunteers, you know, I had to lead everything. Well, at House of Vans, I literally sat at the front booth doing the waivers and the check-in and the merch sales the entire event. Focused. And we'll get we'll, we'll get back to that. Let me answer your question because that event <laughs> I have to talk about. But the reason I lost my voice really comes down to I never had to speak loud, but I had to speak nonstop because I think when people come to like a traditional skate event, there's not really a, a lot of questions. But when we at our events, we get so many questions because you know, well, one girls like to know stuff before they try stuff. <laughs> parents and just like there's so much interest and even even from the guys and the just the whole community everyone's so curious about girls and skateboarding that it's yeah, I'm literally talking to somebody the entire time gnarly so definitely uh i didn't even notice till i got up uh i slept most of the day on monday but i woke up tuesday and i was like oh my god it's completely gone <laughs> I've been that one. I usually, we do like a skate jam and I'll, they'll be like, someone's got to get on the bullhorn and then occasionally the bullhorn will break or something and then I'm just like yelling out because it's just like everyone's landing tricks. It's wild. <laughs> we just did one. Say it again. When I, I was going to say, when I used to do X Games and stuff, four days back to back with those events too, always ended up wearing your voice. Gnarly. I actually saw that. I saw... So I looked at your LinkedIn, I think, and I was like reading through all the people that left comments because I was like, these people went above and beyond to leave all these comments or recommendations. And they, I think in one of them, they brought that up, ESPN X Games. How'd that come to be? Uh, again, Etnies, like I said, oh, Etnies sick. was so in the beginning. Um, when I started Grow, Etnies had a program called Girls Get On Board, which was very similar, but our approaches were very different. Uh, Etni's version was, okay, we pick a certain amount of major cities. We fly everybody there. We have to put them in hotels. It's, uh, you know, it, it really costs a lot of money. And it was all activated by pros doing the instruction. See. What we did was, you know, really me and the van is much easier to fund. I mean, I didn't even get hotels. <laughs> so it was easier to fund. So when we, the first couple of years, uh, we, we co-branded, and they paid for most of the stuff on the two of those first years. Right. Uh, but then it, they eventually kind of just, it kind of gave way to just be grow. But Girls Get On Board was connected with with X Games. So the very first uh, ladies' days at X Games, those girls, I mean, they're there, they're in the contests. But as far as the public, what they're seeing and what they are able to engage in, they always had these parks, but girls never got the parks. So uh, girls get on board, and uh, Etnies and Grow developed this kind of girls' day where we would do these prize bags that we'd give to the first 100 girls to the booth, and we would have a certain amount of workshops every day that we would have someone there to teach the girls, and they were typically girls only. Right. Um, and when, again, when Etnies kind of bowed out of all that, we kept it going, and we kept it going until X Games moved to Texas. Uh, but... To my knowledge, you know, there's nothing like that now. They still have all of the parks, but they're just not the people there to help engage the girls. Yeah. 
So, did you have to do a lot of speaking when you're doing the X Games stuff? Well, yeah, it was just, it was nonstop. It was um, you know trying to get people to sign up, trying to tell people about what's going on at the booths, about signings coming coming up. I mean, you know, X Games. It's like, and for the Festival Village, it's like eight or nine a.m. until you know six to nine p.m. I mean, it's just nonstop. And then the workshops too. Obviously, it's so loud. Every vendor has a microphone bumping their own music. <laughs> uh, it's trying to to teach over all of that hecticness out in Festival Village was a was a challenge and you know when I was younger too I mean it never, it never even ended when the event ended everyone went to like whatever thing event was after the event so it was just non-stop four days straight with X Games and do tours as well gnarly that's sick I did the do tours I skated in, in them for a few years and my buddy Timmy Knuth he always killed it and he would win cash and stuff that was really fun because they would you know they would just pay the pros to come and skate and like put on a jam it was awesome those guys are so cool. And they had the catering and all the food, and they had um, the physical therapist, the chiropractor, and stuff like that, which was rad. Yeah, having the passes to get in the lounges and the catering was the most important thing. <laughs> oh, my gosh. They had sick concerts, too. They had um, Talib Kweli, I think, and 50 Cent. They had a bunch of concerts that were like kind of like childhood dreams because I love hip-hop so they had hip-hop artists that like I listened to already and I was like never paid to, to go to a concert and then I was already at Dutour and it's like oh so-and-so is playing I'm like yeah that's sick it was someone I was hyped on <laughs> I had you get right up to the front of the stage with your pass yeah I, yeah I got to meet Talib Kweli which was sick because I love his music and uh we got to go back there and say what's up which is really rad those things are really fun they did one in Maryland uh not too far from wow. here and it was sick on the beach. Were you there? Yep. Yeah. Probably. So sick. We did X Games seven years or eight years, and we did do tour five years, I believe. Damn, you're a veteran. Good for you. <laughs> it's crazy. I think it's been this long. You know, it's like. Phew. It's funny. You're, it's funny you're the same age as me. It's kind of tripping me up. All right. <laughs> um. All right, Chico de Mayo. I know that just went off too. Little Zoe's awesome. We have a mutual friend. Yes, she, she, well, because we've met in the past, but it was Zoe that brought us back together again. Yeah, exactly. Uh, she's so cool. Um, she wanted to throw her own event, huh? Yes, and her mom just told me yesterday that Zoe's got another idea that she wants to tell me about. Oh, Zoe wasn't sick. there, so I have to wait until I see Zoe again. But <laughs> apparently there's another idea ready to be spit out from this little girl. So yeah. it's just, it's so cute and it's so wonderful. It just, I mean, it's, really at the heart of what growing about is that anybody can can make a change. I mean, this is a nine-year-old girl, and she did this event that, I mean, just parents and kids and everybody, even the guy that owns the pump track, uh, he lives in Miami. He's got, I guess he's got these pump tracks all over. And he was so blown away with the event that now he's offered Grow to do all of the programming at the park. Whoa, sick. Uh, yeah, and it's, it's a really cool opportunity because it's something that, it's like a paid position. So we'll be able to offer our girls paid jobs and the money that comes in, because he would have run these classes either way, but he's like, oh my God, you guys are so good at running stuff. I want you to be the ones running it. Cool. So it'll bring in money for grow and it'll help our girls work for money in skateboarding, doing what they love. Whoa, that's the win-win. Yeah, and it all started with Lil Zoe coming to me at that session. Dear Lord. <laughs> yeah, Zoe, Zoe's awesome. I've met her multiple times. I did a skateboard lesson with her, and then we ran into each other in Florida at Surf Expo, 
And I've seen her multiple times. And uh, every time, it's a good time. She shreds, too. Yeah, she's pure love. I love watching her skate transition. She, like, got some sick, tri some sick tricks and good style and everything. And she's, like, got strong legs. It's sick. Good center. Yeah, so we, good center. That, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, that we had that event, and we had a event the week before, and then we just had our big events this weekend. So yeah, it's been a, it's been a crazy couple of months. Rad, rad. That's cool, man. You're still moving though. That's awesome. You're probably used to it because New York's so fast paced, no? Oh yeah. <laughs> you got grass. Oh, sorry. You got grass. That's why you're you're like oh, I got a little grass. I can hang out. <laughs> Do you ever no, met? I've learned my lesson. Now I I try to go back to Indiana at least every other month for a week to oh. just get out of the city because otherwise the city will literally just eat you up. You get so drained that it even can start to affect your health. So I try to make it a point to escape to places with lots of green and lots of fresh air and lots of wildlife at least every other month. Yeah, it's like very refreshing. You can like feel the – it's like change in temperature basically. <laughs> and you slow down and your mind can even shut off for a second which is something that is really hard to do here yeah i i like to look up i look at the clouds that's what helps me like i'll go out in my yard with my dogs and i'll just watch the clouds because it's so massive it just like it just calms me down for whatever reason <laughs> in new york city even the sky is not calm because we've got either helicopters there's a i guess a plane lands in new york city every 0.78 minutes yeah, and the buildings, just the buildings too, when you're in the thick of it, you can't even see really past them, you know? It creates like a, a cloud, basically. Yeah, there's, there's so much activity, even in, the, even in the air in New York City. Yeah, that was perfect. <laughs> cool. Well, I guess I've taken up a lot of your time. Oh, I wanted to ask you, um, you don't well, have... I'm ask what you want to ask, but I got to share a little bit about the House of Ants event with you. Oh, dude, I'll... All right, let me ask first, and then we'll go into that. Um... This is a little off subject, but I'm going to ask it anyways. Are you optimistic about the direction of humanity? <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm absolutely optimistic. Um, I mean, it does. We're only going to we're only going to get to a good place if our youth and the people bringing up our youth can keep that direction. I think uh, it's all about we're going to choose what the future is. We don't have a fate set that the world's going to end. And the world can get way worse or the world can get way better. The difference between that is how we live our lives and how we can be an example for kids to live their lives. Because, yeah, nothing set in stone. I believe we can change this world completely to be the world that we wish we would live in now. I think we have all the power to make everything happen that we could ever want to happen. So it's and really sometimes all it takes is just – Telling people that, you know, telling somebody that, you know, a little story, a little conversation with one person, whether it's someone you know or a complete stranger, can make a massive impact that will impact the entire world. So I I will always be optimistic. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm a, I'm a big fan, too. I'm super optimistic as well. And I agree with you wholeheartedly. I feel like the better we express ourselves, like as individuals, the more open and the more we understand ourselves and the more we're willing to express that and be comfortable and happy with who we really, really, really are, like, that it's, that that shoots out of you, you know what I mean? And then people around you, and some you bump into people like that, and you're like, whoa, this is amazing. These people are happy and trying to be what they want to be and working hard and all these beautiful characteristics it takes. Like, it's sick. <laughs> yeah, just 
then we just remind them that they are at least as capable as we are. Yeah. Then they can start to say, oh, well, I, I don't just think that guy's cool. I can do that as well. Yeah, I like that. You know what we're doing um, in about a week? I'm loading up a van. Uh, Timmy Knuth is flying out from San Diego. He's pro for my skateboard company, All I Need. And he's going to meet us in Boston. And then we got a van and we're going down to North Carolina and then Atlanta for just filming and skating. Like a full skate mission to film. If you're coming down the coast, let us know when you're going to come through the city. Okay. <laughs> it's going to be sick. I'm super excited. I haven't been okay. like... I haven't been on the road in a long time, like, on a skate trip. We do skate trips here and there, but, like, this is, like, uh, you know, like, a little over a week. But it, our mission is just to have fun and skateboard and, like, film tricks for our next video, which is pretty rad. Well, we, we need to bring the skate trips back because when I started, there were there, everyone was doing tours. Everyone was doing trips. And then it seems like it's kind of disappeared. But, yeah, it's one of the most absolutely fun things to do in skateboarding is just get together, whether you're – it's a sponsor team or whether it's just a bunch of friends just get in the van and go and go to skate parks i mean it's it's wonderful yeah that's how you live it like you really live it so that's what you invest your time and effort and even money into it and it's like that's the coolest thing like and when other people do that it's so cool different groups of people traveling and like i, I remember coming up watching magazines and videos and all the, we were on the East Coast just watching skateboarding, you know, like in magazines and videos. We didn't really have many pros and all that stuff. So I'd see all the tour videos and all the stuff. It, like, inspired me to, like, want to go to different places and skate and meet different people. It was, like, the stuff's insane. That's why it's so cool what Kevin Marks is doing. He's collecting all those magazines. I'm, like, in awe because that's, like, people's lives. Like, they invested into their passion, skating, photographers, like, people that like to print and all these mags, like. So cool to preserve that. Well, I think ironically, what he's doing now, which is something I get, you know, I don't think anyone would have thought about in the earlier days of skateboarding, but now our kids, they grow up in today's skateboarding. So I think what he's doing is he's educating people to the history because now skateboarding is getting, you know, older. Yeah. Uh, I think it's very easy for kids to not know where they came from. I mean, like girls, for instance. When skateboarding first began, women were almost as involved in skateboarding as men. There were women at every competition. There were women on every team. It wasn't until, you know, kind of the, what was it, 80s, 90s, you know, kind of death of the parks, beginning of the street skating, that women kind of disappeared. But women now thinking, oh, girls don't skate. Well, if you knew the history of skateboarding, you'd know that they've been there since day one. Yeah. So I think learning the history. Uh, is, is really important. I think it helps us know where we're coming from and uh, and helps us, you know, see, like, wow, we've come that far. How much farther can we take this? Yeah, when I started watching skateboarding and magazines and videos, like, Alyssa Steamer was on Toy Machine and killing it. And, like, to me, I was always like, whoa, she shreds. And then, like, Alexis is from the Boston area, Alexis Sablone. Like, she's in the PJ Ladd video, and she had such a sick part in that, too. Um but I did notice, I did notice, like, there wasn't that many girls in skateboarding. Like, there were, but they weren't, like, it wasn't equal 50-50 or 60-40 or whatever. It was, like, I'd see a girl. What's that? In that time period. In that time period. Yeah, I would see, like, a girl, and it would be, like, whoa, there's a girl skating for a while. But now I see girls all the time, it's, and they're all skating. We actually do Tuesdays as, like, girl night, you know, like, people can come, and I think they get a skate for free, which is pretty sick. And everyone comes, like, 
It's so sad. After this podcast, let's talk about that a little more. All right, for sure. <laughs> and as I know, Alexis Sablone, uh, Zoe has decided that Alexis is her favorite skater. Oh, she's so good. She's one of mine too, for real. The reason is, I mean, she's great, and that's part of it. But the reason is, Zoe's like she's a really great skater, and she's super smart. Like she went to school and took the time to like become a really well-rounded, smart individual. She didn't just just give her life to skateboarding. She was able to be awesome in skateboarding and still, you know, do other awesome things. And so, yeah, she's always favorite skater now. Yeah, I saw I saw a post on Instagram. I think it was from Nora Vasconcelos, and she was like pointing her phone at the TV and on the TV was Alexis and she's like my girl should be winning an awards at school but she's skating on TV right now or something like that and it was like she was super hyped I was like whoa that kind of put it into perspective because I remember she was in a shop video and she was so good and like skating and doing cool stuff and it's like yeah that's cool I did um I really like that she's in the school as well that's and that's something again I think people were helping to teach people because you you can you don't have to become a skater you don't have to conform to what skaters are yeah. you know you don't have to dress this way and act this way and talk like this if you can you can live a life in skateboarding and also be whoever it is you want to be it doesn't have to you don't have to fit into skateboarding skateboarding is is part of your life you don't have to fit into it you can have that and still do whatever it is you want to do yeah see that they'll more people will come into it because you know again i think visions of the past people think that they have to be a certain way but that's not the case at all anybody can be a skater yeah i always say skateboarding is for everyone i don't care who you're from who you are what you do what gender what sexual preference is for everybody like who's to say that that imagine if you told someone not to have fun skateboarding it's like (laughs) that's the worst thing ever let them have it so individual you know it's so personal for each person everyone that's the coolest thing about skating is the styles like i love expressions and styles and like it's cool that we still have diversity and like like you're not it's not like everyone has a uniform on you know it's like that was my favorite part about skating there was so many channels it felt like like you could watch a punk rock skateboarder you could watch hip-hop dude you could watch some fresh dude you could watch Lelissa Steamer killing it. It was like so many different styles and expressions, and it's cool. There's no coach either. That's awesome. <laughs> Mentors and friends. <laughs> it has to be an internal fire. You got to really want it to live it, you know? I hear you. <laughs> That's cool. So, so I want to touch about the House of Vance because I know when we, when we spoke, you know, in advance of this podcast, it was before this event had happened. Yeah, let me, before you say that, I've been to House of Vans in New York, and it is so fun. My buddy, um, my buddy Grandison, I met him up there. We were shredding a whole bunch of people. That park is so fun. We skated the indoor part and the outdoor part. Sick. Yeah, and they, uh, last year they got rid of the bowl, and now it's all street. Yeah. No bowl anymore. It flows super but, good. Uh, it, like, shoots you all over the place. Yeah, it's, it's a cool park because it's not a park that people can pay to go to. It's yeah. never open to the public for like just going like a normal skate park. Vans just built this to provide free stuff. Like they do every summer, they do music series like every single week. Uh, then there's skate nights in the summer, skate night in the winter. In the van style, they always offer food for everybody, free yeah. food for everybody. And it, yeah, I mean, Vans is, is so supportive of the scene here. Uh, it's you know 
again. And it, the opportunity for us to be able to take over House of Vans, one of the most exclusive places in the U.S., just like the Barracks, which our girls in California have actually started holding throw sessions out at the Barracks, too, which is awesome. So cool. But, yeah, this event, um, you know, the only reason I bring it up is, like, we've done over a 1,000 events, uh, you know, why this event? But this event literally it changed my life. Wow. Like that, that moment that I decided to move into the van 10 years ago, I've had, I had that moment again uh, this weekend. And I literally cried on and off from 2 p.m. on Saturday at the event until sometime the next day. <laughs> you were tired from crying? It was just like absolute tears of joy the entire time because, you know, again, I've, I've worked so hard. I fought so hard. It's been such a challenge. And I, no matter what I could achieve, although I did a lot of good stuff, all I could see was all the stuff that I couldn't yet bring to the girls because one person, you know, as far as the national business team, can only do so much. And so I, I always felt like I was failing the girls because no matter what I did, I, there were so many things I hadn't been able to do yet. And in the last six months, it started with one girl coming to me and saying, hey, I'm going to join your business team so we can take this to the next level. That was in October. Now it's June, and this weekend we got our ninth girl on the business team. Wow. So right there, 10 years alone on the central core of it, and now there's 10 women you know, almost standing beside me. Yeah, um, that, so math, that math is spot on, one year for each person of work. <laughs> you know, in the last six months, you know, it's like not giving up, you know, believing it's going to come even though – it takes a decade to, to kick off. Um, but at that event, we, we'd all, we had planned it out. Like, okay, there's the front table where you got to deal with the waivers, the merch, the raffle stuff. So we had volunteers set up to, to do that. But when I got there, I just, like, all my girls were there, and they're just so amazing. And, I mean, we had uh, the Frontside Agency is a group here in New York that's working with a lot of pros that's kind of same mission as we're, like, helping turn these people into, you know, positive change, you know, catalysts. And, they came out. Louis Tolentino came out. Uh, Brian Thal, Corporate uh, came out. Uh, Rick from NYPD came out. Johnny Refneck, all these guys, and they they weren't even allowed to skate. Wow. They just helped teach, help MC. They just came to teach, and you know, and be supportive. And then, you know, so all these people were there. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to sit at the front table the whole time. But I didn't really see what was going on. And then about 2 o'clock, I looked out at the event, and it was what I saw going on was so absolutely incredible that I just started crying. I was so impressed by that event. It was it was more um, amazing than any event that I had ever been to. And the fact that it was happening – and I wasn't even doing anything. Like I did prep work, you know, I made advance, but I wasn't doing anything. And I was more impressed by that event than even the biggest skateboarding events I've ever been to. Amazing. Uh, and it just, it blew my mind for the, it was like the, the clouds parted and all those feelings of having to work so hard and never getting good enough on, you know, what we need to serve our girls with. All those ideas went away. Every limitation went away. I actually, I am now, because I, I worked at cleaning, I have a cleaning company. I did raise, you know, money for me. Yeah. I made the decision that now I'm only working 10 hours a week. And within a couple of months, I'm quitting that entirely. And I'm just taking this leap of faith again. That if I can devote this time to grow, that 
put my effort in the right place that I will bring in all the money that we need to take this to the next step. So, I mean, it was incredible. And one of the, I mean, every parent that left, oh yeah, they gave me a champagne shower. They gave me this card that they made, uh, eight pages of girls signing. Uh, One second, okay? Yeah. All right. Sorry. <laughs> oh, you're my dogs are um, my dogs are crazy. I could hear them going back there. <laughs> yeah, that's Elwood and Amber. They love everyone very much, but they're just loud. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna stop you. I'm gonna stop you right here because the dogs are breaking it up a little bit. But I just want to touch on that first half of like everything, all that work and effort, and to be able to um, get to that next level and uh, have the trust to do it in faith is amazing to me. Congratulations. Thank you so much. Yeah, that's so cool, man. I try to do the same in my vein. Like, I figure the harder I work, it, I feel like it'll be a switch where you'll just be working on what you love, you know? Like, if you can focus on what you love and really understand business and if you can get gain the qualities that it takes to be successful, like, but you focus on what you love, there'll be a switch, you know? And that time, like, and to hear you say that you're getting to that point is beautiful. Thank you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> many people were uh, were part of it along the way. You know, whatever points that I met you along the way, every person has a little impact. Yeah, as skateboarders, it's cool. We got that community of people that are passionate and driven. I notice a lot of, like, I feel like we're meant for this time. Like, I really believe skateboarders themselves are meant for this time and era. Like, they're just built for, like, being being happy and successful this time and era. I can see it. Like, it's so cool. And so much more to come. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you too, Anthony. Well, be- uh, we'll connect again soon, and uh, best wishes in the meantime. Yeah, and before we go, if you could tell me the, all the social media for Grow, that would be awesome so my listeners could uh, follow and subscribe and whatever else they got to do. Well, luckily I had a, someone give me a good pointer, so we kept it easy. Our website is girlswriters.org. All of our social media is girlswriters.org. Perfect. Keep it consistent across the board. And then we've got like we've got hashtag ride true is one of our hashtags or hashtags girlswriters.org. Uh, but yeah, we'd love to have everyone join us on the on the interweb. Yeah, just go go to the Instagram and check out the the track that Zoe was riding on that you guys hopefully will take over and manage. Like that thing looks so fun. I saw you got I saw people pumping around it. I got super jealous. Had the fastest time out of all ages. It was pretty cool. Really? <laughs> Sick. 14.5 seconds. Wow, she was cruising. Oh yeah, one more thing before you go. Uh, I just want to thank everybody out there that has gone to the iTunes store and left some feedback. So cool. I really appreciate the the feedback. It means a lot and it helps the show progress. So thank you. You guys are awesome. <laughs>